All right. Good morning. It's a second hour, Discovering God hour. And uh, this morning we have the privilege of having Phil and Lori Hunt. Phil is the president of Central Africa Baptist College in Zambia. And two of our, well, I guess a family of missionaries from our church, uh, Kevin and Sarah Sherman, are over there teaching uh, under Phil's leadership. I've had the privilege that the Hunt family has been spending the week at uh, the Dawson's house, who I work for, and uh, their one of their daughters, Carmen, has affectionately named me the Troll. So uh, they have quite the personality, and Phil's going to come now. Give him your undivided attention as he shares uh, his heart for the ministry in Zambia. It's it's a it, it's a privilege to be able to be with you guys here uh, this morning. Um, we are we're in town because our son Austin, um, who has been living here in Detroit for the past three years, uh, met a beautiful young lady, and yesterday they were married. So uh, we were we decided we better change our program, leave Africa, come back because we needed to be at that. And uh, so we had a wonderful day uh, together yesterday, and then appreciate pastors uh, giving us the opportunity to be able to be here with you guys and be able to share with you in this in this hour. Um, I don't see my wife. I think you, if you're here in the first service, you met uh, the children. My wife Lori and I uh, have been married going on 27 years, and we have lived almost 25 of those uh, in Africa. And so, what I'd like to do is I'd like to just kind of share with you this morning. And uh, hopefully weave some challenge in uh, as as we move along. Before I get before I get started, um, when Kevin and Sarah, I was in Zambia for a for a week a couple weeks ago, and when they knew that I was going to be here, they said, "Please um, pass along their their regards to the church family." And so I want to just say on behalf, and you'll see them pop up here uh, here in a minute. Um, but I just want to say to you what a blessing that they are and just thank you on their behalf for your your support, your partnership with Kevin and Sarah. And so as as we kind of walk through and 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 share the vision and the big picture of what God is doing um, uh, in Zambia, but across Africa, um, just know that that in a way you already are partnering with um, with what the Lord is doing through Kevin and Sarah. They're doing a great job. Um, they're both teaching at Central Africa Baptist College and Seminary, involved in a local church there in uh, in Kitwe, and we are very very thankful for them. Let's uh, let's let's just ask God's blessing again on our time. Father, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace in our lives, and this grace that is poured out upon us through Jesus Christ. Uh, the infusion of the Holy Spirit that empowers us for life and service wherever you've placed us. I pray, Lord, that you might help us in these moments here to um, to hear from you and also to catch a glimpse of what uh, you are doing in other places and that um, you might do two things. That First of all, you might challenge our hearts to be faithful to you right where we are, um, that we would uh, take the gospel, that we would be focused on making disciples um, around us, and then also that you would uh, refresh our vision and our burden for the for the lost around the world. 
and the need for the advance of the gospel in places around the world. But today, as we talk about Africa, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, so, so what I want to do for, uh, in the moments that we have, and, and I'll weave in some, some thoughts uh, as we move along, but um, kind of three big, uh, think of them as file folders maybe, and uh, these are the three components that make up uh, our, our, our life and our ministry uh, in Zambia. And so the first one, I just want to introduce you to uh, our family. Uh, you met the girls this morning. Uh, Austin got married yesterday, so obviously he's not here. And then the two uh, on the far left flew out early this morning for Washington, D.C. They are taking sign language classes at Gallaudet University, the only deaf university in, a, in the world. Uh, and they are taking block classes there this summer, so they flew down to D.C. Uh, for that. But the rest of uh, the team is here. We do live and minister in Zambia, which is located south central on the continent of Africa. And if you look at the little cutout there, uh, we're in the city of Kitwe, which is which is straight to the north. Now, we do live in Africa, so let's get this part out of the way. Yes, we have wild animals. No, they're not running through our backyard. All right, we live in a city of a million and a half people. However, there are um, the animals that you think of. We are known as the real Africa. And sometimes they don't like cars. Um, and no, I didn't see that. Someone sent that sent that to me. Um, so uh, just the wildlife that uh, we do get to experience there is pretty amazing. Um, some of the big five, um, seen leopards a number of times, of course, lions, the hippo. What I love about this one is the little bird taking a bath in front of the hippo. See him? See him there? Um, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 2. If I were to, if I were to say, let's, let's, let's frame what we want to talk about this morning, and I had to pick one scripture, it would be 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. The things that you have heard from me, Paul says to Timothy, in the presence of many witnesses, the same commit or entrust or deposit into faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so I hope that that you see this being fleshed out as we as we share uh, with you. So our family has lived and served in Zambia. My wife and I have been there almost 25 years, and uh, five of our seven children were born there. We've all been uh, raised there, and uh, two of them back in the states. And now Colin is coming back for university this fall. So we'll go back in August. One less. The Lord has allowed us uh, to be involved. So here's the second portfolio. The, the, the Lord has allowed us to be involved as uh, kind of a, a byproduct of the church planting ministries that began uh, years ago. Uh, we were we were uh, worked together with a team for the establishment of Faith Children's Village Orphanage. Um, I served as the director there for the first ten years, and then this guy, uh, Makuka Chilando, was appointed about three years ago by the board, and uh, he is now serving as the director. I still serve on the board. Um, this was a recent baptism at the church, not the church of the, there's no church of the orphanage, but the local church, and uh, three of our children were following the Lord there in believer's baptism. I, I spoke at a, a young adults meeting of, an, of, of a bunch of churches in Kitwe a few months ago, and when I got there, there were all these young adults everywhere, and these five kids ran up, and uh, they were excited, and I was excited when I saw who they were. These are all graduates 
of Faith Children's Village Orphanage who have gone out. They've gone back into the local churches that sent them. And they were part of, I didn't know they were going to be there, but they were all part of uh, uh, that weekend of, of ministry together. So I'm like, okay, we get a, we got to get a picture of you guys. Um, we currently have 68 children at the village. Um, most of these children are there because, well, they're all there because they've lost their parents. But most of them are there because um, HIV has so so decimated um, our region and certainly in Zambia. Um, at one point, just a few years ago, um, the life expectancy in Zambia was 35 years. Um, the, the population of Zambia, 14 million people, 49% of the people in Zambia are under the age of, um, of, of 15, so about half the population. Um, and that whole middle section of, of, of people really been hit hard by this disease. And, and so you have those who kind of sift through the, 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 the African welfare system, which is the families, which is what it should be. And then there are those who just uh, find their way through that. And we have 68 of those children at the village, 17 more coming in this year for a total of 85. Three years ago, we started a primary school at the orphanage. Uh, before that, we were having to transport our kids into the city. It took them about an hour and a half each way in the morning and the evening. And uh, so we praise God for that. Some of the new children, Brian and Anna, brother and sister, they've just joined us in recent months. And uh, these brothers, Moses and Isaac, um, the way we operate the orphanage is sponsorship for the children. Uh, $25 a month increments, and sometimes there are, there are multiple partners that are helping a particular child. Um, so if you're interested in, in more information, there's a website there. So our family, and uh, we've been involved in this orphanage ministry, but the the place where we have spent... Uh, the, where we spend the majority of our energies and efforts is the context of seeing reproducing churches established, uh, not just in Kitwe or Zambia, but but with the goal of seeing this uh, facilitated across the continent of Africa. And one of the tools, one of the main tools that God has given us um, for this effort is Central Africa Baptist College and Seminary. I share this with our students often in chapel. Um, our vision statement for the college ministry, where Kevin and Sarah are serving, is this. To facilitate obedience, and that word facilitate is important, because local churches plant churches. Colleges don't plant churches, right? The New Testament mandate, it is, the lo- it is your job to plant churches, right? It's not some other organization or some other group. So we exist to facilitate obedience to the Great Commission until Christ has been made known, and here's another very important statement, by reproducing gospel-preaching churches. Listen, if we send missionaries, and we ought to, when we send missionaries, the way that we must evaluate if they're going to to labor in in one way or another in the facilitation of, of local churches being planted and, and reproducing. A, a missionary has not succeeded in his task if he plants a church. If he just plants a church, maybe he's there for, we've been there 25 years, plant a church, be there for 25 years, and then finally at some time I retire and I come back to the States and I leave behind a church, that's a failure. That's a missions failure. Because we are not called to plant a church. We are called 
to plant churches that plant churches. I mean, remember 2 Timothy chapter 2? The things that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit them to faithful men. So you've got Paul, who is entrusting in these mentoring relationships his life and his vision and his philosophy and the gospel to Timothy, who is now serving in Ephesus. Right? He's, he's, he's taken over this mission church plant and he's instructing Timothy to take the same things that he's received and to entrust them to other faithful men also. This is the discipleship cycle. In fact, if you're here today and you know Jesus as your Savior, it is because some faithful man or woman at some point brought you the gospel. 2 Timothy 2.2 happened... And because it happened, that's the only reason that you are saved today. This is God's plan. And so we exist to facilitate obedience to the Great Commission until Christ has been made known by reproducing gospel preaching churches in every village, town, and city across Africa. So that's our vision. Um, that's, that's what we are seeking to work, work towards. Um, I also share this statement. Um, and some of it's in parentheses because it was just so good. It wasn't original, but, but we've, we've adopted it. What Africa needs is spirit-filled, Bible-saturated, Christ-exalting, self-abasing, untiring, persevering leaders who exert deep, broad, life-changing influence for Jesus Christ. And so our whole goal and, and view and decisions and philosophy is we're after those kinds of leaders in Africa for Africa. Um, the ministry of the college came to be on, uh, came, came about as a result of and on the back of what had become the start of a church planting um, movement, reproducing churches that are reproducing themselves. Um, when we first got to Zambia, um, we were ministering with, in our team and uh, helped with the establishment of Faith Baptist Church in Riverside. And uh, this was the one-year anniversary. Um, this was the group that gathered for the 20-year anniversary. Uh, I served here in on the pastoral leadership team for, for the first 14 years. And then um, we led the church through a transition as God raised up leaders. And uh, uh, in 2007, uh, Saidi Chishimba came in as the lead pastor of the church. And two Sundays ago, they just... Uh, uh, ordained uh, their new lead pastor, and I'll, I'll introduce him to you here in just a moment um, and tell you a little bit about him. That then, then Riverside Church reached out into a squatter's compound. Um, some people ask me, is it like the slums? And I would say, well, I think you're talking probably the same type of an idea, except in Zambia we have lots of land, and so you don't have to be as tightly together, so they call it a compound. Um, and uh, Francis Kaunda and the team uh, out of the Riverside Church planted the Chapada Church. They just celebrated their 16th anniversary, I think. And um, a year and a half ago, Shadrach uh, was called as their new lead pastor to serve with their elders there. And um, uh, he is a recent graduate. Last year, graduated from the college and seminary. Then those two churches together partnered um, and went across the Kafui River about uh, an hour out into the bush, we call it into the area of Kokolo. And this was an early picture of the f- structure that went up. And um, this guy in the middle in the suit, the black suit, in front of the yellow sign, Edward Wanisa, 
was the original guy who led the team over there, and he still is serving as the lead um, uh, pastor of, of this church. I had the privilege of leading Edward to the Lord when he was 18 years old, and now he is 36, I think, somewhere around there, and faithfully serving the Lord. He graduated um, from seminary last December. Now, this is a guy who's obviously... By the way, the seminary is from here in the USA. And, and so here's this guy who's, who's just a humble servant, loves the Lord, has got good training, both in undergrad and graduate work, and yet he just faithfully continues to serve out there in the bush. You know, something else cool is we send, we send these little digital recorders with a AA battery, and we send them out there every week, and, and he records his sermon. He preaches in Bemba. And it records the sermon, bring it back across the river. They edit the sermon and he goes on the radio station. And um, so you'll be in the city in the market or whatever. And all these things, I'd walk through there and our station is playing and he is preaching. And uh, one day, one of these marketeers, I'm saying, hey, I knew it was our station. I'm like, hey, that's great. I'm glad you listened. Yeah, we listen to this guy all the time. He's, he's amazing. I hope I get to meet him someday. Well, I said, well, actually, I've met him. You have? I'm like, yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just interesting, you know, in this day of technology, here's a guy out in the rural area, just laboring, no electricity, no running water. And yet his sermons are being recorded and 3 million people listen to him every week. Isn't that amazing? Okay. I think it's amazing. Then that church has also sent a team where they've trained their leaders and they've sent them a fur, uh, an hour further. You have to bike for another hour further into the bush. And um, they're no longer meeting in this little shelter. They've they've actually made mud blocks and they've made a mud block church building that they meet in. Um, So Riverside Chapada planted the Coca-Cola church. The Coca-Cola church is planting Chinchete church. And and then this is Pius Chanda. Uh, This was another church plant, Faith Baptist Church of Quacha. Uh, Pius is also one of the graduates. Um, This is another part of the city. A couple years ago... um, we as a family and a couple of our teammates were looking and saying, okay, so what can we do in our city that is not interfering and duplicating the works that are being done? Works like I just showed you. And um, we identified that there are people groups in Kitwe, city of about a million or million, million and a half people. Um, there are people groups in our city that no one, no church is aggressively or actively reaching. And that would include Zambian people. There's some Zambian people, business people, and so forth. But it will also include people from China, uh, India, Korea, uh, all over the uh, Europe, uh, Eastern Europe, um, uh, the, the Americas, this, this, this melting pot of people. And so we began uh, two years ago an evangelistic Bible study. And uh, this morning, uh, 107 people met at... Kitwe Church, what has become Kitwe Church, um, to worship. And we, we meet at a local VFW hall there in our city. And um, I, was, I was leaning over whispering because we were worshiping with you this morning and the singing and so forth. I'm like, this, this feels like Kitwe Church. And it's just such a blessing. So we're all sitting here homesick, um, wanting to go, go back. Um, so on any given Sunday at Kitwe Church, we'll have 14 to 16 different nationalities sitting there. And... Um, um, one of the one of the blessings has been that in recent months we begin to see the Spirit of God use the Word of God. Uh, in you know He's always using His Word, right? I mean, in the, with the Word you're either growing harder or you're growing softer. 
But but when you're kind of watching people this way, sometimes from day to day or week to week, you, you can't really see what God's doing. And um, we went nearly two years before we saw um, any convert that actually was stayed in the church. There was one convert, but he, he went back to his home, or two, they went back to their home countries. Um, but uh, but if we began to see earlier this year the Lord, the, the working of the gospel in people's hearts and began to be visible and... And um, so I made an announcement. We're going to have a baptism service. And uh, this is uh, a friend of mine, John. John works in the mines and um, been in Zambia most of his adult life. Works underground. Just a tough guy, as you can imagine. And uh, salty. That's a good word. Very salty. And um, so he began to attend Kitwe Church and uh, attended for, for, for a year. And and because almost everybody who comes is un, unchurched, um, and many of them, I would say maybe up to half of them, would even go beyond unchurched. Um, there's a whole bunch of them that would even say, I'm not even sure about this whole God thing. And, you know, you just have a big, this mix of, of people. And um, so John came, began to hear the word. And, and of course, people would give pushback. Now, they weren't being ugly about the pushback. But they would be like talking to you after the service. Or if you had a question time, they're just like, yeah, well, what about this? And what about this? And... It was like, we're really not, I'm not sure we're really buying this whole God thing and this whole Bible thing. And, um, and that was, that was John. And, uh, so finally one day I said, it was the beginning of a year ago. I said, all right, listen, you people, you want to, you want, and I was joking, right? But I'm saying, you want to give pushback and you want to argue with me about stuff. You know what the problem is? You've never even read this book. Not, most of you've never even read it, but you want to try to talk about it. So here's my challenge. And I handed out, we handed out a, a Bible reading schedule. I'm challenging you to read this book this year. So John comes up afterwards and he goes, I've never read the Bible in my life. He said, but I, I'm going to do that. So he takes his Bible down underground in his office in the copper mines. And he'd come in and go, you should see the guys coming to my office going, are you feeling okay? What's wrong with you, John? We've never seen you read the Bible. He read through the Bible last year. And um, I'd preach and he'd come up after service. He'd go, you almost got me today. You almost got me. And I'm like, John, one day the Holy Spirit is going to get you. And uh, so we announced, uh, we, we came back in April. So in March, we announced a baptism service. John comes immediately after the service because he puts me on the list. And I'm like, John, we need to talk because there's like stuff that has to happen before baptism. And uh, it's fine. Just whatever. Just put me on the list. So we met with John and said, okay, talk to us, you know, and ex- and, and, and in the course of that conversation, he said, he said, and I, I will never forget this. He just, he just said, he, he kind of leans forward. He goes, you know what? I know Jesus died for people or everybody. He said, but Jesus died for me. And then he said it again. He said it three times. He said, Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. And then this is a direct quote. He goes, because he was born in Ireland. Irish Catholic, right? When he was a kid. But as soon as he got big enough to, to leave that, he did. So, so he goes, you know that Pope? This is exactly what he said. Do you know that Pope dude? I think he's a great guy. And he can excommunicate me if he wants to, but he can't send me to hell because I've got Jesus in my heart. And I'm like, okay, John, you're in. <laughs> and he's standing, you can't see it, but he's standing in the little baptistry and he's sharing his testimony before his baptism. Uh, that two days before we flew back here to the States. Another lady that we've, our family has uh, known for 20 years and um, 
since we've been here, she has publicly professed her faith in Jesus, and this was her baptism. Um, so in April, Kidway Church was formally organized um, as a local assembly, and Pastor Chopo Mwanza, who two weeks ago was uh, ordained as the lead pastor at the Riverside Church, is here dedicating uh, uh, the, this new ministry um, to the Lord. And that was the group on that particular day. So out of the whole church, the thing God's been doing and, 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 and churches that are, are growing and reproducing themselves, um, we began, uh, in 2006 intentionally training leaders to prepare them for reproducing ministries across Africa. Right now we have students at our institution from these nations. I think there's seven different countries there represented. Um, and here's our purpose statement. We exist to train the next generation of servant leaders in Africa for Great Commission living. Um, emphasizing honesty, values of honesty, obedience, wisdom, and service. Uh, Navigator Gome is, is now ministering over in Malawi, uh, in Blantyre, uh, pastoring a church and running a Bible institute. And it's men like this who will go back out into the places, the towns, the cities where they're from, and they will live authentic lives. They will live selflessly. They will think biblically. That's worldview issues. And they will serve Jesus humbly. So the way we attack this goal of training, we do several things. Um, one is we have on-campus training where we invite um, leaders and pastors to come in from across Africa. Most of them are from Zambia, but they do come from the surrounding countries as well. Um, next week... Or two weeks from now, I'm flying back to Zambia because we have our July block class. We'll have about 200 pastors from across Africa on our campus for a week of, of training. And um, we also host a leadership conference every December and um, invite church leaders, men and women, to come in for an, a week of, of workshops. The pastors have a training uh, training that's going on with them. And this has grown over the years. We, we, we're running about 450 church leaders that are on our campus for a week. Something else that's just been taking place um, is the training of chaplains. In 2010, God connected us with some of the leadership in the, in the police and prison system in Zambia. And what we came to discover was that um, chaplains in Zambia have no training whatsoever. So if you, you know, oh, you're a nice guy, um, you're a chaplain. That's basically what happens. So some of the chaplains aren't even saved. They just, they were nice guys. So they got to be a chaplain. And so we went back, uh, we put together a training program for chaplains and we called it a chaplaincy certification. We will certify them as genuine chaplains. And uh, we presented that to the government. And um, so the chaplains now uh, are coming to our campus four times a year. This was, lo- this was last year in December. Um, in July, we will have 80 to 100 chaplains from the Zambia Army, Zambia Air Force, Zambia Prison, Zambia Police, and the National Service. Well, about 100 chaplains on our campus, and they're going through a, a, um, a certification program. So one-week block class, and they have to go through 10 of those classes. And then at graduation, we will give them a cert- certificate that they have been certified as a trained chaplain. And uh, the government is appreciative because it's standardized for them. If, if someone finishes that program, then they know, okay, they've been taught these, these, uh, these courses. Um, 
So the chaplaincy training. This guy, Paul, was baptized at Kitwe Church. And the reason I put him in here is just what he was standing sharing his testimony. And he said, I was incarcerated at Kamfinsa State Penitentiary, which is in our city. And he said, it was a chaplain that led me to Jesus Christ. And uh, here he is standing in the baptistry giving his testimony of faith. And we baptized him um, at Kitwe Church. We've also been involved in training interpreters for the deaf. Um, one of the largest unreached people groups in the world are the deaf around the world. And um, in Africa, that's certainly the case. They're marginalized. They're pushed into the shadows in the background. Um, and so we are training our, our, the African leaders to be able to communicate in sign language and, er, and encouraging the churches to, uh, to begin to reach out. So that's on campus. Then we also go off campus and take training off campus. This was last year up in Solwezi. Um, one of our lecturers traveled up there. They said, we want to have a conference, evangelism, discipleship conference, and we want you to come. And I said, I can't come, but I'll send somebody better. And so I sent Francis Kaund up there and he called me and he goes, did you have any idea what's going on up here? And I'm like, no. And he said, there's 6,000 people here camped, camping for three days of conference. And so uh, just tremendous opportunities that we have. Um, we have been up in Lubumbashi, Congo, uh, partnering with um, a, a, a church up there to provide training for pastors up there. Also down in Zimbabwe. Um, I was in Liberia a month ago, meeting with a network of churches there. Um, met this pastor from the Cote d'Ivoire. Everywhere we go, we try to have, uh, we try to give out uh, helpful materials that will help these men in their ministries. While I was in Liberia, uh, John Jiroge flew to Blantyre, Malawi, where he did Old Testament and New Testament survey two, two weeks back to back with um, with two different networks of churches in Blantyre. While he was there, Ben Straub traveled up to the DRC and uh, was doing a week of leadership training up there. And while Ben was there and I was in Liberia and John was in Malawi, Kevin Sherman flew to Juba, South Sudan, and uh, he was training uh, doing a week of, of block class up in Juba. Um, yeah, I think I've got time to show you this video clip. So many of you may be aware of South Sudan or you followed it in the news at least a couple years ago. It's newest country in the world, 54th country on the continent of Africa. In 20, they, they gained their independence in 2011. In 2010, we were in there. Uh, getting registered as a as a religious NGO, and we've been in South Sudan since 2010, training um, church leaders uh, through block classes. But on our on our trip in 2010, um, we put together this video. So let me just show you a couple clips. Here's what we know: Sudan has a long and brutal history of unrest and civil war, religion, racism, and resources have fueled two bloody civil wars between the North and the South. In 1983, the Second Sudanese Civil War started. Roughly 1.9 million civilians were killed during this war. The civilian death toll is one of the highest of any war since World War II. In January 2005, the conflict ended with the signing of the CPA, the Comprehensive Peace Agreement. January 9, 2011, 
a vote for the independence of South Sudan is scheduled to be held. There are several possibilities concerning the outcome of this referendum, but the two that seem most probable are either a third civil war or the birth of a new African nation. All right, so 98% of Sudanese, South Sudanese, voted for independence on July, uh, January 11th. And on, on July, um, they became an independent um, nation. And I'm going to skip this clip. And so from that point, we've been going in with organizing classes like this with pastors and chaplains um, for training. Last year, I flew up and we, we did the first graduation ever, um, the first cohort of pastors who finished that training. And uh, it was equivalent to a one-year diploma, but you would have thought that they'd gotten a PhD. Um, you know, fi- a place where 50 years of civil war and many of leadership uh, killed or displaced. So for something like this to take place there, it was a pretty, it was a pretty big deal. The other thing that we're doing is from those kinds of networks, then finding the, asking God to lead us to competent leaders who can come down to Zambia for four years of training in the degree program. And one of those is Emmanuel uh, Juma. So, so on campus block class training, off campus sites where we are, we are training across Africa. And then of course, um, our four year degree and master's program. And so this is the heart of where things are. So Kevin and Sarah evolved in some of the off campus stuff, but every day they're laboring in the lives of, of these men and, and these women. Um, I am going to rush um, past a couple of clips. So just be there with me here. All right, this is Ken Mbugwa. He is uh, our graduate. He's he's now pastoring uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church in Nairobi, Kenya. And I'll just let him share a brief testimony here with you. I think the best way to describe what God has imparted to me as far as CABC is concerned is showing me how important his word is and that the ministry he's calling me to is a ministry of the word. And the power lies in the word. And my task is to be faithful to the word and nothing else. It's simply to take it and to present it as it is in the most clear manner to his people. All right. So I want to introduce you just to some of the men like like Ken um, who have come through CABC and just quickly, one right after the other, just kind of give you a, a big, big uh, picture of where they are and what they're doing. This is Noah. Uh, he's on the other side of Kitwe in the area of Mandolo. Uh, this picture was the day that they chartered their new church plant and uh, some of the people that were joining the church that day. Uh, Saidi Chishimba there on the left was the first pastor after me at Riverside Church. He is now uh, one of the elders at a church down in Lusaka. Um, John Lanchina, top left, is one of our graduates. He is a Wa from the Wa tribe on the northern Ghana. If you go on Joshua Project, you'll find that the Wa are 100% Muslim tribe and are in amongst the most unreached people groups on the continent of Africa. This was a picture taken a year ago, Christmas Day, which was the first service of this new church plant amongst the Wa people. Um, Shadrach, I mentioned him earlier, is pastoring the Chapada Church. Kennedy Kaseke is working on staff at the college, and he has been sent out underneath the Riverside, Faith Baptist of Riverside. Um, he's been sent out to Kalalushi with a team from that church, and they're involved in planning a church out there. Uh, I mentioned Pastor Chopo earlier. Uh, he um, was uh, ordained as the new lead pastor at Riverside uh, a week ago Sunday. Um, 
he was saved at Riverside Church as an eight-year-old boy in the junior church program and grew up in the church and uh, went off to school, came back, went, uh, felt God's call to ministry, came to CABC, graduated um, from the college and then went to the seminary and graduated. And now he is um, um, the lead pastor of the Riverside Church. Moses Andrew, top left, is serving as a youth pastor in Blantyre, Malawi. Matthew Yena is also from the Wa region of northern Ghana. He is church planting and is also serving at West Africa Baptist College. Um, these are some of the students that have just come in this year. We have uh, 76 students this uh, this year, which began in January. Uh, Mutali is in the primary education program. Isaac is uh, pastoring a church in Kitwe, and he will graduate this year. Collins is a freshman uh, studying pastoral theology. Boaz, he's our oldest student. He's, I think, 65 and is in our four-year program. He's been ministering in the northern province where you saw all the big group of people, and uh, but never been trained and has come out uh, to, to study. Madhu is from Botswana, studying biblical counseling. Teo is from the Democratic Republic of Congo. He's a freshman this year uh, in the missions program. Fred is a pastor in Kitwe and um, uh, studying at the college. Nanonge uh, is studying biblical counseling. Costa is from Kabwe, central Zambia. And uh, he's a freshman studying uh, pastoral theology. Noah, Noah Chisanga will graduate this year um, this guy uh, is uh, just a blessing. Um, he was uh, he was raised in a Muslim home, and his uncle was a Muslim and had promised him and his brother that he would send them to Saudi Arabia for university if they made high enough grades in their in high school. When he was in grade twelve, um, the Scripture Union people were reaching out, and they reached out to him, and he heard the gospel again. He'd heard it before. He heard the gospel again. And, and, and God opened his mind and his heart to receive and he accepted Christ as his Savior. His uncle was livid and told him he must renounce his faith. And he refused. And so his uncle threw him out of his home and refused to pay any more of his school fees. So he's, he, he was sharing. He said, so it took me three years to finish grade 12. Meanwhile, his brother continued on, finished grade 12 did well, was sent to Saudi Arabia, finished university in Saudi Arabia, came back to Zambia, and is now a very well-to-do businessman in the eastern province. As I was talking to Noah, Noah just said, Pastor, I just want you to know a thing. I know what suffering is. I have suffered my whole life. And um, he was just sent as a missionary church planter by the Riverside Church over uh, to another area of our city, which is known for its crime. Um, he came into the college one day. He goes, did you hear the news last night? I said, no. He said, yeah, just down the street from where we live. He said there, there was a, a car burning. And he said this morning when, the, when they finally cooled off, they found that there was a body in there that they tied with, with wires, all wrapped in wire and been burnt to death um, in the car. And uh, he moved his family into this community and um, is just serving the Lord there. And um, Kennedy Bonsu is from Ghana. He'll finish this year and go back uh, to Ghana. Samuel Mambo is a freshman. He is he came in from Ye, South Sudan. Um, if you, I hope you'll connect with us on Facebook. But if you do, just scroll down a little bit and you'll see a picture of a pastor who's kneeling in water with six converts behind him on the day of their baptism in the Ye River or the in Kajukeji area in the river there. Um, 
he posted last week on, on Facebook and, or wrote me on Facebook and said, please pray because, um, this pastor was shot dead, um, uh, in the market today. And, uh, there's still conflict between rebels and the, the government, um, in that area. So that was last week. Yesterday he Facebooked me again and said, please pray because we don't know who it was, but armed troops came to my uncle's house and took my uncle out of the house in the middle of the night and they've taken him to the backside of the mountain and we fear the worst that he's going to be killed. Um, so these are the kind of men that God is bringing to, to CABC um, to, to study and to, to be discipled and to learn the word and to go back to these places um, to share and to, to, to share the gospel and establish reproducing churches. Susan, Calvin's getting ready to graduate. He's from, he's from Zambia. This is a policeman, um, who just came in this year as a four-year degree student in our chaplaincy program. Um, Brian has come in to study as teacher. This guy's from Nairobi, Kenya, Emmanuel, and uh, a freshman this year. I want to, I want to wrap it up right now with this last photo. Um, this is Ismail Muhammad. Um, Ismail is from Darfur. Has anybody ever heard of Darfur? You heard of Darfur? Not so much in the news right now, but has been a lot, right? Um, ethnic cleansing. Um, so a part of the of North Sudan and the government of North Sudan, the Mahajin. You've heard of the Mahajin, the guys who ride the horses with the black, right? They got the big swords and the the. You you know what I'm talking about? Are you still awake? You know what I'm talking about? All right. So that's where he's from, and um, he's born, raised a Muslim, of course, and. Um, in the midst of all of this that was going on a couple of years ago, he fled from Darfur and crossed the border into South Sudan. When he got into South Sudan, Christians began to reach out to him, and eventually he put his faith in Jesus. He joined the University of Juba and got his degree in, in English literature at the University of Juba, and he started preaching. And someone called me on the phone from South Sudan and said, I got this guy here. He's, his name is Muhammad and he got saved and he's like preaching the gospel to everybody and whatever. But he doesn't know anything about the Bible, but he's just like on fire. Would you have a place for him down to CABC because he insists he's going to be a pastor? And I'm like, I think we can probably f- make a place for him. And um, so we, he came, he got as far as the border of Zambia in January and they turned him back because his, his Sudanese uh, passport was set to expire and um, they refused to let him in and he was fearful of going back into the north the north to get it renewed because he didn't want to be arrested um, because he become a Christian. So Muhammad, who loves Jesus, is coming to CABC to prepare to be a minister of the gospel to go back to Darfur, which is one of the least reached areas on the continent of Africa. People like us can't go to Darfur. The way you get into Darfur, if you're a foreigner, you fly on the UN plane with UN permission. So, so do, you, do you see? Do you see what what God is is doing? And and again, again, I thank you on behalf of Kevin and Sarah. You're investing. This is what you're investing in. Um, they're laboring in the classroom with men like this. Here's a prayer request because it cost us $3,500 per year per student. So for, for Muhammad to come down or these other guys you've seen to be on our campus, um, this is what it cost us to, to do that. Um, and so we have a scholarship fund. Um, last year, we had 30 students that were accepted who didn't show up. And I told them, call every one of them, find out why they didn't come. And, and I think with one exception, it was because they just, they couldn't pull together enough finances 
um, to be able to, to, to be able to come in. And so um, we've set up, we have a scholarship fund that we're trying to fund and, and whatever comes in will be applied to, um, we'll vet the students, but we apply them directly to the students, um, the students bill. And so if something like that interests you, um, you can go online or you can get in touch with me and I'd be happy to, to give you more um, information. One last thing here, we're almost done. Um, this is this is a shot of from the main road, and our campus is behind that big tree there on the on the top left of the picture. So at the angle, you can't see it, but all the all the buildings. The Lord allowed us to buy this little plot of land um, because one of the one of the burdens that we have is to to begin to intentionally divest for the need from the need of foreign funds to run the college. Um, and so what we did was we were able to buy this property. The Lord provided the funds. And that is what that and that is the same angle. That is the Link Business Park, which is being finished this week. And then we hope to rent that space. And we believe that this project will bring in about 50% of the annual income needed to run Central Africa Baptist College and Seminary. So all this stuff I've talked to you about, right? Going to Sudan and Malawi and all that, all of that is all wrapped up in $3,500 per student. That's, that's what covers our budget. So there are things that we're doing intentionally like this that we would value your prayer uh, as we continue to seek um, the way forward. If you'd like to get in touch with me about anything, I'd be happy to, to chat with you. All right. I've tired you with many words. But I hope you get a vision for where your missionaries are serving and that you get a little vision of what God is, is doing. And there might be one or two people, God burdens you. It's like, I, you know what? I am burdened. Would you pray? Would you pray for us? Would you pray for people like Ismail and, and Noah and these men who are taking the gospel, they're training and they're taking the gospel back out across Africa, reproducing churches that reproduce other churches until the gospel has been made known to every village, town, and city across the continent of Africa in our generation. That's what we're after. Father, thank you for your work. Thank you for your work here. I've been so blessed to be able to fellowship with these dear people, to see your work of grace and abundant provision, the campus that you've given them here, and just the, the intentionality that I've, I've witnessed in the service today. And the friendliness, the engagement of these people. Lord, these are, these are people who are of kindred spirit. They get your mission. They've bought into discipleship. They love your word. And, and we thank you for them. Thank you for encouraging them as they invest in people like Kevin and Sarah. And ultimately in, in the ministry that we've presented here today. I pray that you would bless this church. And bless our brethren in Africa as they seek to serve you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.